But I think that we're approaching it with the belief or the underlying idea that your body is the problem. And I think that that idea has to end. It is not making you healthy. In fact, it's leading you into the opposite direction. Because when we understand our body is the problem, then we're automatically associating that with a weakness. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to Made for Living Well. I know it's been a minute. It feels like it's been forever since we did the last series at the beginning of the year on setting resolutions that work. And here we are, six weeks later, kicking off a brand new series called Health School. Now, I am really pumped about this, and I put so much time and effort into it, which is why there hasn't been any podcasts recently. It's because I've really been prepping myself and doing research and digging into what I want this new series to be. And that is, is just understanding your body and a deeper and more intimate connection and how that's connected to the whole of who you are. So I've decided all year long, we're going to be diving into the series called Health School. We're starting with the basic foundations, but we're moving through the process of understanding your metabolism, building healthier structure, your sexual energies, relationships, and mindset work. So much is going to happen as we work to put it all together. So there is a little bit of a progression to these podcasts, and I know that's not always fun, especially if you like to jump from podcast to podcast, but I am telling you that these first few episodes are really going to help you as we dive into deeper and deeper subjects all throughout the year. Now, of course, you can jump in wherever you feel fit. That's completely fine. But I did want to let you know that there is a slight progression to every single episode we put inside this podcast series. Now, I'm calling it health school because this is like the biology that you never learned in high school or college or all the information that you got about science. I'm going to bring it to light in a slightly different way because what I've realized in the health space, we need a paradigm shift. The way that we're approaching health is not working. And I think that's become more obvious as we've progressed through things like COVID and as we see things like Ozempic take to the market. What are we doing with our health? And ultimately, why hasn't it worked? And what will help your body to see the results and experience that thriving state that you're looking for? Now, I've talked a lot about my own health journey and this topic of bringing it all together, of really laying a foundation of health that works is a massive passion of mine because I'll be honest, there's been a lot of times throughout my journey in this health world that I have wanted to just quit altogether. If there's one thing that really pushes me to that verge, it's people investing their lives, even their souls into something hoping and begging and grasping as if their life depends on it. Because we've been led to believe that your happiness is on the other side of health, that your joy, that all the things that really involve living life can only be done when you're quote unquote healthy. But the vision of health that we've created makes it nearly impossible to ever get there. 
leaving an entire generation of people who are living for something that will really never give back to them. And they're losing their life in the process. Now, I don't mean that in the fact that working on your health is not going to bring you anything. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the way that we're going about trying to achieve health isn't working for us. In a lot of cases, the stress of trying to become healthy is more unhealthy than just the average lifestyle. So we're going to start breaking down health foundations to help you really understand not what is quote unquote healthy, but how your body works and its interconnection to your mind and your soul and all of life, recognizing that health is not so much what you do, it's how your body responds to what you do. And if we really want to change our physical appearance, if we really want to feel more vibrant, then we have to understand how is my body responding and why? Because it's really not up to us to change our body. And this alone is a massive shift in the health space because for so long we've been led to believe that you can manipulate your body by changing a series of external things in order to create the change that you're looking for. I used to do this all the time. I called it beating my body into submission. Now, I wouldn't have told you I was doing it out of hate or degrading my own self, but I was really trying desperately to get it to a place where I thought that it needed to belong. Now, I do think that there's a lot of room for us to help our biology, for us to get healthier. In fact, I think as long as we're living, we're always going to be working for that balance of health. But that's different than trying to beat your body there because in the process of beating your body into submission or following diets and rules, it's easy to overlook, but why is my body responding the way that it is? Why isn't it changing in the way that I had hoped? And when we start to ask those questions, we can start to get a better understanding of maybe the ways that our body is working against us or what we perceive as against us, when in fact it's always for us, but why is it working in the opposite direction? Because if there's one thing we have to know about health, yes, first and foremost, it's not what you do, it's what your body does with what you do. But the bigger issue is, is that your body does nothing without reason. Your body doesn't gain weight on purpose just to make you mad. It does so with a purpose. It doesn't do anything to sabotage your life. And it doesn't even necessarily cause illness and disease or things like cancer because that's what it wants. It's doing so out of survival. And even when we look at disease cells, what's really fascinating with that process is that in itself is a way to maintain its own survival. But the difference is when we start to see disease, when we start to see fat cells, when we start to see our body break down in ways that we call unhealthy, it's actually a form of survival. Because like on an airplane, and I mentioned this analogy a lot because it's a good image of how the body responds, really how all of life responds when it feels threatened, is that it starts to work independently, separate from the overall connection. 
meaning cancer cells or disease cells, are not necessarily there to hurt you, but they're there for their own protection. And in the process, unfortunately, it does often hurt you. But it was there for survival. Instead of working together in the whole of your body, they've shut down and they've started to work independently. It's that independence or that lack of connection that really leads to a host of disease processes. And in fact, when we start to look at the overall picture of health, there's really one big thing that I want to make known inside this very first podcast is that your body is craving biodiversity. And I think as we've worked on our health, this is one of the things that we've neglected and not even just neglected, but damaged is this massive amount of biodiversity that our body actually thrives on. And out of the lack of biodiversity, our bodies have become sick. They have become overweight. They have become dysregulated and really kind of separated. It allows our ego to grow and our connections to become dysfunctional in a lot of ways. And I know we like to think about health just as our body, but in health school, I want to prove to you that it's every aspect of your life. It's how you interact with your coworkers. It's the passions and the work that you do or the lack of passions that you have. It's how you have fun or how you stay isolated All of it, your entire life is an image of what is happening to your biology. And likewise, the life that you're living is going to influence your biology. Everything runs through cycles or patterns. So what your biology doing is going to influence how you live. Likewise, how you live is going to influence your biology. We really have to work on both ends of that spectrum to change the whole of who you are, to really live healthy. Now, as I mentioned today, I want to address the idea that your body is not as sensitive as you've been led to believe. And I know in the world that's telling you, don't eat this and don't do that and don't be exposed to this, there is some validity to a lot of that. But I think that we're approaching it with the belief or the underlying idea that your body is the problem. And I think that that idea has to end. It is not making you healthy. In fact, it's leading you into the opposite direction. Because when we understand our body is the problem, then we're automatically associating that with a weakness. That our body is weak. That it is not capable. That it is not for us or able to do anything that you want it to. And that gives you no other option but to turn away from your biology And run to all of these diets or pills, like now there's new pills on the market, that can help you get what you need. And I'm not saying that those things aren't beneficial. They certainly can influence your body in positive ways. But what I want to express is if we're approaching them with the wrong motivations, with the underlying belief that your body is the problem and that it's weak, they will never work. Because as long as you assume your body is weak and you put it in a position where it maintains that status, you will never heal. You will often have the opposite effect where you push your body harder and further out of balance, more dysregulated, preventing it from ever doing what you ultimately want it to do, at least long term. And I think arguably across the board, more than a number on the scale, I think we all just want to feel well. 
and to be vibrant and energized and to have this sense of longevity that it's not just about how long I live, but it's how well I can live in the number of days that I have. And that first and foremost comes back to recognizing the strength of your biology. In fact, the strength of your whole system. Your body is not weak, but the ways of the world have pressured it and put it in a position where it has no other option but to perform in weakness. And today I want to break down this myth to show you that your body is actually really strong and really capable, but the things that it needs to be really strong and really capable are kind of anti-health. And what I mean by this is that your body was designed and created to be interdependent with all of life, including things that we villainized like bacteria and viruses and fungi. And I've been doing a lot of research on this because, again, often what we villainize and we've tried to remove out of our lives have only made us more unhealthy. And I started doing some of this research based on pneumonia and recognizing that there was a period of time in history when pneumonia actually wasn't as deadly as it is today. Now, you know, when we get pneumonia, it's like this big, scary thing, and we feel like we need medications to really help us overcome it. In a lot of cases, people do, but that hasn't always been the case. And current understanding has been that that's because our bodies are less capable and that viruses and bacteria are more strong and they're increasing in strength and they're putting more pressure on our body or putting our body in a position where it really has no other option. It's like your body is turned into an army of one and viruses are an army of a thousand. You don't stand a chance. But that isn't true. It can't be true because throughout all of history, our body has been really living in an ecosystem of a lot of different things, many of which we've villainized, but our body actually needs to maintain strength. So what I've done and what I've learned and what I've researched is that your body is not acting independently from bacteria and viruses and fungi. It's actually relying on them as this full ecosystem that works together. Now, I came across a really good analogy of this that I think helps paint a better picture. And it has to do with farming, which living in rural Iowa, I understand this so well because we live in the midst of farming community. Now, I want you to think about your body as like a forest. There's tons of different diversity within that forest. There's grasses and trees and bushes and animals and insects and all the things, right? And when left to its natural devices, it's pretty capable of maintaining a healthy ecosystem. They all really worked together. Problems exist not because of the full life cycle or the full ecosystem, but when one thing is left to override all the other things Or when one thing becomes endangered or disappears in the ecosystem, it can throw the entire environment out of whack. This is why endangered species are a really big deal because every single species is really necessary. Now, what would change is if we came and cleared the land. You're left with just this open section of dirt. 
And if you've left there for a period of time, usually the first things to grow are weeds. And if you're a farmer or you've been around farming, you know farmers hate weeds. And so we think the weeds are quick to grow, they're fast, which really, again, inside your biology, it's kind of like those disease cells. They quickly pick up steam. They're generally the first to approach when the ecosystem has been cleared because the weeds, in its own way, are trying to redevelop this ecosystem. They're trying to reinfest the land that is not intended to be cleared. Now, we hate weeds, so we think the best option is to spray for the weeds or to eradicate the weeds so that you can then hopefully grow what you're looking for. The problem with that picture is, is that the weeds always appear as long as you're trying to fight the weeds. But instead of fighting the weeds, what would happen if we just started focusing on re-inhabiting the land with the natural ecosystem that it was designed? It's like a field of grass. The thicker your grass is, the better your soil is, the less weeds are able to grow. And it's the same thing inside of our biology. We tend to focus on this reductionism sense of health where we're trying to fight the weeds to keep the land clear, to keep it free of all of these things that is really intended to co-regulate with. And instead of fighting the weeds, what if we had this more expansion view of health? where it wasn't necessarily about cleaning your body, about keeping it sanitized, about keeping it safe, but recognizing that there is value and in living interconnected with all of these things that really do help come back in and regrow the ecosystem or the biodiversity that not only prevents the weeds naturally, but it helps regain the population of what you consider health. Now, I don't know if that's the best example for you. It really struck a chord with me because we see it in gardening and we see it in in farming and we see it in just our ecosystem in general. The goal is not to strip it, but it is to help re-nourish it and rebalance it, enhancing the biodiversity. When it comes to health, a lot of the reasons that we are experiencing the diseases and the symptoms and even the body fat that we are is not because our body is at fault, but because we've stripped our biodiversity. It's because we don't have the same microbiome and the same co-regulation principles that our body really does need to thrive, to maintain a sense of resiliency. And your body really does need that biodiversity. Your body was actually designed needing bacteria and needing viruses and needing fungi in order for your body to really thrive. It doesn't do so alone, but there's this massive interconnection. And next week when we talk about metabolism, we're going to also talk about mitochondria and how there's actually bacteria that is helping co-regulate within the body that generates energy. But a more common understanding of this is just your microbiome in your gut or your blood-brain barrier, and even on your skin. What we have learned is the more that we destroy that microbiome, that layer of bacteria that actually helps enhance our body, the more dysregulated and dysfunctional our body will become. And the more dysfunctional it becomes, the more sensitive it is, the more inflexible and fragile it is, and the more susceptible it is to diseases and viruses and bacteria 
that are not necessarily harmful in themselves, but because our body has become out of balance, it often leads to more irregulation or more dysfunction, and that makes you sick. It's not that there aren't bad things out there, but the goal cannot be to prevent the bad things. But what if we changed our view from that reductionism of trying to prevent the bad things and we started to learn how to nourish our body so that we could co-regulate with those things? Even if they're bad, our body has the ability and the power to fight them off without us ever needing to be concerned with it. We work on creating a resiliency within our body, a strength to regain that biodiversity so we don't see our body as bad. And we certainly don't have to be affected by everything that we encounter, but we can kind of live more in this balanced, harmonious state. That doesn't mean we can get away with doing anything that we want, but I think that there's more power in recognizing how to balance your body, how to build strength within your body, how to add to it through this level of support so that it has the energy to go out and live your life. Again, that's a big change in view, and I really do want to make that point clear because your body is not as sensitive as the world has made you to believe. And I have seen this time and time again where people come into me and they're allergic to everything or they had food sensitivities. They feel like their body just reacts to everything. And of course, there is some genetic makeup. Some people have more histamine in their body and other processes that are making their body react more to life. In fact, I am someone who has what's considered the Merther mutation, which makes it a little bit more challenging for my body to break down and detox certain chemicals and particles that I ingest or come in contact with. And if I don't nourish that detox phase, then I can quickly become overwhelmed and easily become more sensitive to things that I should not be sensitive to. But instead of just living here, stuck thinking, I'm sensitive to all these things, I can't consume them, I just use that as a tool to recognize that the more sensitive I'm becoming, the more dysregulated my body's feeling. And instead of feeling sad for myself, it's just that sign that it's time to go to work to help support it or pay more attention to it for at least the time being, pulling back and allowing my body to re-nourish and refeed. Now, again, I don't want to be insensitive to people who really are sensitive to a lot of things, but I don't want you to feel like you're stuck there. It shouldn't be forever because your body is capable of healing and it wants to heal even if it goes through a period where it does feel overly sensitive. Now, I also want to relate this to your mindset because the more sensitive your body is, the more sensitive your mind is going to be to threats. Because when our body gets into that sensitive state, when it starts to react to all of life, that is a sign that your body's in a really vulnerable state where it can get sick more easily, where disease is often more prevalent, but all because it's living out of a state of survival. It's going to feel threatened by things that maybe shouldn't even be threats at all. Not because you're the problem, but again, because your body is lacking the support that it needs to rebalance. So it's not to say that you can't get into those phases, but it's recognizing those phases not as your life sentence, but as just a sign or a signal that your body needs a little extra support to help rebalance itself. 
when really the ultimate form of health is to build resiliency. It's to strengthen your structures and to strengthen your mind so it's not responding to all of life as threatening. And in the process of this, you're going to see life through a new perspective because your biology is shifting your perspective and your perspective is shifting your biology and it's all working together to change the whole of who you are. And here you can really change the full scope of your life. And I want to make this clear because a lot of the reasons we're reacting the way that we are or we're responding to different situations in life or even engaging with the things that we do is not necessarily because that's you, but it's an outcome of the response of your entire biology. And what do I mean by that? When I was in the thick of my sickness, when my body was completely overwhelmed and I had a lot of disease processes that were really knocking down my door, I can tell you that everything in my life felt like a threat. My kids were overwhelming. Life was overstimulating. The sun was even hard to be in because it felt like so much. Like even being in the light felt like too much for my body. I didn't react or respond well. I made a lot of assumptions about what I thought others probably thought about me. I started to get into the hypotheticals, the what ifs. It was really this entire life spiral that my biology felt overwhelmed. And therefore, out of that, my mind went into the process of self-protection, which really leads to this self-isolation and self-inflation in a lot of ways. So what I'm trying to say is it's all working together. But that means the metric of healing is also the same. And that is birthed out of recognizing that while your body might be in this weak, fragile state right now, that was never the intent or the design. Your body is always looking to regain a sense of balance And really, the goal is to move into the state of thriving that is strong and secure and resilient, meaning it's not about avoiding situations in life that might hurt you. It's not about avoiding the bacteria and the viruses and living your life scared of those things and in the process trying to control your life as if you can prevent them. Like We live in an overly sanitized world for a reason. Because our weakness has led us to feel like there's no other option but to try and to control our life in a way that we're not infected by other things. But the intended design of life is to get out and live, to live life not consumed by what you encounter, but to trust on some level that you know how to support your body so that it can work to overcome whatever it does encounter that your body has some sense of resiliency to it. Not meaning you won't get sick. Sometimes sickness is what your body needs to regain balance. Fevers are often one of the greatest re-regulators of your entire biology. There is a harmony, a biodiversity that our body needs in order to thrive. And that comes from recognizing that our cells are not acting alone, but they're acting in the whole, in the whole of who you are, mind, body, and soul, but also in the whole of your life, everything that you encounter and you expose yourself to on a daily basis. 
And if we just take a minute to really recognize and to think about the things that we encounter and how our body miraculously works the majority of the time so that we never even react to those things. I mean, sometimes I think about like those microbe studies of people swabbing phones or swabbing different parts on an airplane. I mean, the number of things that we encounter that have this mass amount of what's considered dangerous biodiversity, even a lot of the times inside the food that we eat, and yet we never react to it. I mean, it's incredible to think about what your body is capable of and all of the ways that we never give it credit because we don't recognize it. The only time we tend to recognize our body is when it becomes a problem. And this in itself is the problem because we get so consumed by the problems that we think we then have to work to control it rather than recognizing the majority of your life, you've been exposed to the same things that never responded in a negative way. Instead of seeing your body as the problem, maybe start to pinpoint what does it need to get back to that place where I'm not as influenced by these things. And what it takes is regaining a sense of biodiversity. It's the expansion form of health, of adding to your body, of providing tools for your body, of helping it out, not because you ultimately can change it or decide for it, but if it has the tools that it needs, it can work out of this state of thriving rather than surviving. And that truly does change the entire scope of your health. Now, I had to also learn this. Like I mentioned, when I was sick, I had a number of diseases that were really beating down my door. Stage one kidney failure was on the table, Lyme's disease, Epstein-Barr. And yes, I had struggled through a lot of these things even as a child. Like looking back, I had a lot of injuries. I had a lot of sicknesses. My body wasn't maybe the most balanced state. And I'm not saying there's not a time and a place for some medications that can help you knock off some of these imbalances. That's really what antibiotics are doing is they're trying to destroy some of the bacteria that's gotten out of balance to help your body regain balance. It's not necessarily doing the job for your body, but it's allowing your body the space to regroup so then it can go in and do the job. Now, of course, the downside of that is often we, when we ingest these synthetic antibacterials, we also are killing a lot of other good bacteria, which is impacting the entire biodiversity. So yes, there's a lot of downsides in why a lot of medications come with symptoms is because it doesn't really spot treat the problem like your body can and is. So the overall goal is not to say that we don't need Western medicine. There is very much a time and a place for that. But what if we could reduce the need for that, which will make it more impactful when you do need it, by understanding how you can support your body on the daily basis to create health so that your body can regain its sense of balance all on its own. And I'm telling you, that comes from the different mindset that says health is about creating a resilient structure of 
energizing your body and supporting it and supplying it the resources and the tools that it needs to have an entire toolbox capable and ready and able whenever the need strikes. Again, not saying that you won't experience sickness, you will and you probably should. That's part of being human and actually sustaining a healthy sort of life because it's your immune system is like a muscle. Sometimes it needs to be worked in order to grow and to become stronger. But this should give you hope that says if you do feel like your body is over-responding and overreacting and really being threatened by a host of different things, Maybe you are sensitive to a lot of food and your body feels overwhelmed and tired and exhausted. Perhaps you're even fighting your own diseases. Again, it's not to say that those things have to be forever. The goal is not to kill them or eradicate them as much as it is to re-diversify your biology, re-diversify your mind so that you can create a sense of resiliency. And inside your biology, that comes from building healthy structure. Now, this is one of the things that we tend to overlook in the world that's trying to really break down our own structure, right? Like when we look at weight loss tactics and scenarios, we want to reduce our structure. And that often comes in the form of reducing all structures, unhealthy ones and healthy ones. And this is what we have to be careful of here, because if you're just on a mission to lose weight, you'll often also lose those healthy structures that make your body more sensitive across the board. You reduce that biodiversity and you reduce that resiliency because when you lose weight with a number of common day practices to do so, you're not just reducing body fat, but you're breaking down muscle mass and bone and cell structures that do make it harder to maintain that sense of resiliency. In a lot of cases, you become weaker. And that's why we see a lot of quick weight loss associated with thyroid issues because it reduces your energy. And a reduction in thyroid comes with a reduction of immune function. And it really does open the door to disease and problems and issues that you hate. We see this with Ozempic, which I wrote an honest post about because I really do feel for people who believe that's the only way. And I understand that a lot of people have tried a lot of things to help them feel better, to help them gain health, to help them lose the weight that really isn't healthy. I'm not here to say that extra body weight is healthy, but there is a reason your body decided it needed that in the first place. And unless we deal with that issue, then you have to know that doing something like that is not just reducing body fat, it's reducing all structures, good ones and bad ones. And there is a cost associated to that. And in the process, it really is making you lose your resiliency and lose your strength. But I want you to see that there is a way to do both. And this is what we're not talking enough about in the health space. Because as long as it's coming from a reductionist view, it's always going to be about avoiding, restricting, and depriving, which we know doesn't work long-term. It actually works against our survival response, pushing us deeper into those states of dysregulation. 
The answer is, is this expansion view of health, which is what we're going to talk about all year long here at Health Made Simple. It's not about restricting, but it's about nourishing. It's about supporting and developing the right relationship with your body, with food, with life, so that you can recreate that biodiversity, leaving you to respond in healthier ways across the board, even when you actually are being threatened. Not to mention, help you overcome the need to feel threatened by things that aren't even threats at all. Like it reduces kind of that chaos of life and it helps you to regain a sense of balance and joy in the midst of it because you no longer even really see it or recognize it or let alone call it chaos to begin with. And again, this comes back to building healthy structure and building healthy structure naturally reduces the unhealthy structure because all of life is working to regain balance. And the issues arrive when our body has no other option but to shift from balance into the state of survival. Now, of course, the way to overcome survival is by more aggressive balancing techniques. And that's what I had to do in the midst of my own sickness was really put into practice all of these high energizing, nourishing, extra nutrients, extra support so that my body could regain a sense of balance. In a lot of ways, when you're in survival, regaining balance can feel a little bit like reduction, even though it's an expansion. And what I mean by that is when you're in survival, sometimes you do have to change the things that you eat. Sometimes you do have to stop doing things Not because the reduction is what's gaining you, but it's actually creating room, space for expansion. And I don't want to confuse the two, and we're going to talk a lot about this. So if you're not following me here, stay tuned, because in the next podcast, we're diving into metabolism. And the overall goal of metabolism is not necessarily to help you just lose body fat, but it's the entire metric of energy inside your body. And what we have to know about energy is energy always begets structure. Energy produces the structure that your body maintains. Without energy, you're probably going to build more unhealthy structure sometimes even breaking down healthy structure so that you have the energy to just survive in life. And a lot of times the structure has to do with body fat. Of course, a lot of other structures, including the cell integrity, which is the bigger issue in health. But in the next podcast, we're gonna start to talk about this, to talk about metabolism, what it means, how to build healthier structure and the resiliency inside of that. And then in the coming months, like I said, we're going to move as we get closer to summer more into the mindset space, more into the soul space before we actually flip that all the way back around and come back in with some very practical and applicable tips on nourishing your body in a way that builds strength and resiliency and becomes the ultimate picture of life. And that starts right here by recognizing your body is not as sensitive as the world has made you believe. And it is not weak, but it is impressively strong. 
and it is on your side. It is fighting for you. It is for you. And more than you can even give it credit, it wants to be well. And so let us help our body and our mind and our life to become well this year. I am so excited and I'm looking forward to it. And I have other opportunities to expand your learning coming up very soon. In fact, next week, we're gonna start talking about more of those, about coming together in a deeper connection. Now, of course, you can learn more about today's podcast over at The Living Well. But if you really wanna dive deeper and also get that article on Ozempic, make sure you head to The Living Well and sign up for my newsletter, The Weekly Fill. That can be found over on Substack. You can go back and read all of the newsletters in the previous weeks right there and take a deeper dive into really understanding your health and also get the practical tips that I give you right here on the podcast in written form so you can read them, print them out, use them, and really help to develop the strong, resilient structure that is creating the image of health that you were created for. So you can find that all of that at thelivingwell.com. Now, before we go, and because we're kicking off this new podcast series, I would love to encourage you to invite your family and friends to join here. One of the best ways to do that is to send the podcast in a text, share it on social media, shoot them a quick email and say, hey, I think you might like some of the topics here. It's not your traditional health, but something different. I think this would be really fun for you to listen to and we can talk about together or you can just listen on your own. And then also while you're doing that, wherever you're listening, rate and review the podcast. You only have to do it once and it literally means the world to me because it does help other people outside your friend group find the show, listen to the show and join this community who is ready to create a revolution in the health space and do things differently. So please take a minute to share this with your friends and family, leave a rating and review. And if you do both of those things, shoot me an email because I have 10 nurse planners that I'm giving away for those who share the podcast. You'll learn more over the newsletter at The Living Well, but if you rate and review the podcast, take a screenshot of it, send it in an email to support at thelivingwell.com and we will enter you into the drawing for a free nourished planner. Okay, that is it in the next podcast. We're really getting into it with a topic of metabolism. So stay tuned and I will be back here next week with that brand new podcast. I'll see you then.